Welcome. I am really glad you're here. Just again, want to remind you, there are clipboards outside. If there are extras, I have been asked, and you're an adult, you may use a clipboard if you like to color. Color? I know, Tanner, you were to ask. Tanner, you may use a clipboard. Now, if you get up, though, and leave at any point, we're all going to think you're getting a clipboard. Uh, my name is Drew. I'm the pastor here at Hope Heights, and uh, excited to start the year with you with you all. Um, next, uh, there, there's no kids' church this week, but next week, is a, a big step for us is that we'll be starting the nursery. And so there'll be children of all ages. Um, uh, we'll be taking over another room here in the school for the nursery. It's, it's a big deal. So we're excited about that next week. Um, and we have lots of, lots of people who have stepped up and our schedule's filling up for nursery. I didn't realize this. My wife said, yeah, the nursery schedule fills so quick. People love holding babies. And I thought that was the last schedule I would have signed up for. Uh, I'd rather have people I could like run around with. The whole I'd be so nervous. Um, so there are there are still some spots if you want to hang out with kids in the gym, um, and also if you have a kid who's tiny, we'll have a spot next week uh, in the nursery. Uh, really glad you're here. Uh, excited to kick off the new year. Uh, we're going to start just for two weeks. We're going to spend some time remembering who we are as a church. But first, I just w- w- did one of these. You know, right now everyone puts out the lists of like looking back, the the top whatever thing, top 10 things of 2021. And I just kind of look back through some uh, some highlights from the year, some things that we saw that were great, some some hard things. As we look back at a whole year um, that sometimes feels like longer than just a year. We started our year, though, with a poem by Amanda Gorman. You remember this? Uh, as she shared this poem at the inauguration uh, with that awesome yellow coat. My girls have referred to that. Uh, the girl with the yellow coat who shared the awesome poem. Um, remember the, the, the snowstorm in Texas that like knocked Texas out for a week or two? That was wild. Remember there's wildfires this year in California. Uh, we saw Miss Lee be the first Hmong American and first Asian woman to win the Olympic, uh, all around in gymnastics. That was pretty exciting. Even that she got to come home back here to the Twin Cities. We saw lots of COVID testing, lots of new variants. We got to learn new words like Omicron, which I thought was a transformer. Not. I think it might still be a transformer, but also a new variant. New guidelines constantly. I think I, I feel fatigue from like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do now. What's the, the, the new way to wear a mask or not? Or I guess always wear a mask, but to what to do. It was a year filled with students going back to classrooms as well as teachers meeting in person again and not feeling the same though. I know in our house, our kids were very excited to be back in person, but quickly, first response, first day, doesn't feel the same. It hasn't been the same. It's been really hard, a really tough year on students and teachers and families. So many challenges. Many people last year did not get to see family at the holidays, and this year some of us did get to see people, get to maybe celebrate a Christmas that felt a little bit more normal, at least what we used to know. Many things going on in the world this year to look back on, some really hard things, some really great things, and many things in our own lives as we saw around each other, things like children being born, new houses being bought within people here in our church family, new jobs, new relationships. We saw people in our church delivering food through Seca, welcoming immigrant and refugee families through Arrive Ministries. We saw so much support for our schools. I recently saw um, a teacher at Highland uh, that just 
knows me only because I'm the guy who is connected to Hope. You're the guy that's like from Hope, right? You guys gave kids in my class coats this year. Uh, oh, how sweet that you know our name and know that that was a connection we had, that we love your, your classroom and your school. We're beginning to see people trained for Treehouse Ministries, which is an opportunity to support our teens in our community. Saw lots of people serve even here within our church. Uh, step up this year with kids and worship, small group ministries. We've heard so many stories of you, of you all just loving each other really well through meals to each other, through just being a good listening ear, maybe just getting together for a walk. Um, but encouraged, I think one thing through the pandemic is uh, in this last year that we've all seen the value of like a good walk with a good friend. I feel like I lost that, and now I'm realizing how valuable that is. We've seen many things. Also, we've seen um, suffering. Many of you have, have seen a lot of suffering from death to uh, pain emotionally and physically. But we do look forward to another year. This next year, we hope I hope for a pandemic that maybe is a little more under control. Hope to continue to work through the trauma and suffering that this pandemic has brought. I hope that our families and schools and our community can continue to work together in that. One thing we can celebrate is that our God is still faithful. He still has sustained us. He still loves us. And he's still our hope for the future that hasn't changed, never will change. And so we want to spend the next couple of weeks looking back to why we are a church. Why just about two years ago, we started this location, this church of Hope Community Church in Columbia Heights, and look forward to what we hope God will be doing and continue the mission that we started. And so for two weeks, we're going to do a little series where we're calling for great hope in our church and world. And this week, specifically, we're going to look at just our church. So we're going to get excited next week about what does it look like, even maybe outside of just a Sunday morning or a small group. Or, but we're just going to stop and remember our church here of Hope Heights. How did we start and why did we start? Um, it starts with a lot of scripture and a lot of uh, scripture changing many people in this room's hearts and the people who started our church. And one of them uh, is this passage from the book of Acts. This is a, a moment in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is, a, is uh, literally the documentation of the acts of the early church, the things that happened where the Holy Spirit came in and filled people. And then what happened as the church went out uh, and started many new churches. And so this moment in Acts uh, there's a guy named Saul who is actually arresting people at, at points, killing people who are following Jesus. And so disciples get scattered, which maybe uh, you think Saul might have thought, hey, here we go, we're going to scatter them, make them leave, and that's going to help the cause. And in fact, scattering God's people actually caused more churches to start all over the world. And one of them was a guy named Philip. And so this is where we kind of pick up here in the book of Acts. It says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So this is a passage as we're talking about our churches. This is one that this story is one that has inspired us, has changed us, is going to give us a why behind we are, why we exist as a church. So they got scattered and they preached the word, it's the gospel, wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria. So a guy named Philip and some of his people went to a city in Samaria and they preached the Messiah there. Talk, talked about Jesus when they were there. 
When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So uh, years ago, I took a class at, at Hope We Have a Class where we go through the book of Acts for a semester, slowly walk through it, and just remember this history of, of the early church. Uh, and this is, for me, has been one of my favorite moments in church history. And this is one that fueled us. And the outcome of this is what really has captured my heart and many of our hearts as we were excited to start a church here. So there was great joy in that city. So people moved to this place, and because of what happened, there was now great joy in that city. And I saw that in my own life as, as I hung out with neighbors and friends, as I grabbed donuts at Heights Bakery and grabbed a burger and tots at Miller's. I thought, man, I want to see great joy in my city. So how did that happen? Well, Philip went to a place he went to Samaria and proclaimed Jesus there. So what does it look like for me to move into a place and in my life proclaim Jesus there? Jesus is good news, that he's a rescuer, that he's a healer, that he's a light. Not just, not just in, my, uh, in the deeds, not just to be a person who comes in and proclaims Christ by the way I live, but also in my words, actually saying that Jesus has the power to heal. And so he does that, and then crowds, groups of people actually heard him, and not just heard him, but they saw him, and saw what Jesus could do in the people's lives. They actually saw these miracles, and they paid close attention. I love that this detail was added in Acts, uh, that Luke, who wrote this, didn't just say, like, Philip talked about Jesus and did perform miracles, but those things caused people to really bring their focus in and wonder what's going on. They really paid attention. And so then what happens? What are they paying attention to? They're paying attention to these wild things that are happening. For shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. So evil, right? Uh, impure spirits, well, Satan's work, this demons, whatever this is, but that's not Jesus. That's not what God has for them. That's not the gospel. That's not wholeness. These things that were taking over, that were within people, came out of people. In the book of Acts, the, the main character in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that comes into people and dwells within them. That changes them, that heals them. And so in the book of Acts, when you see things like spirits leaving people, it gives room for the Holy Spirit to come into people. And so we see these things that are not of God leaving people, Things of God coming into them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were here. Those who couldn't move, paralyzed, lame that were broken, were healed. And so these things leave people that are not of God. They're not what people were created for. And uh, they're healed. And so people see that happen. They see the power of Jesus in the gospel. And they hear the words that he's speaking as he shares a, a crucified and risen Jesus and then because of those things, it doesn't just say like people thought Philip was cool. Wouldn't that be a great verse 8? <laughs> he went down to Samaria and he did his things and people thought Philip was the coolest. It says there was great joy in the city. I just It feels like a moment in a movie or a book where there'd be a zoomed out picture of a city and there'd be like 
I guess I'm thinking of Whoville now, where people like would be singing and there'd be like sunshine. There'd be like joy. There'd be like a buzz instead of a darkness and a coldness and a kind of frozen, paralyzed place. There'd be life and laughter and joy in a city. And so this really became the heart for what we wanted to see in our city and in our community. This, this passage reminds me of a, a verse I love, uh, not a verse, a quote I love uh, from MLK, actually in a sermon that he preached called Strength to Love, that he was talking about the passage in Matthew 5 where, um, or 6 where, uh, where Jesus is talking about loving your enemy. And he says this, and we should have this on our wall at our house. It says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. He's talking about what it looks like to drive out darkness and brokenness in a place. And what does that look like? It looks like bringing light into that place, not more darkness into that place. I actually have a little visual here that might help us. This is what darkness looks like when darkness enters into darkness. You guys see it? Don't miss it. I actually had to make a whole just black slide. Uh, right? This is, this is what light looks like. It kind of moves into town, right? There's darkness, there's brokenness. It says in this passage, there's impure spirits, not what we are created for. There's healing that needs to be done, and light walks into town. And that light in the story is powered not just by Philip being a good person or his group of people being nice people, but that's powered and that light becomes brighter because that light is powered by the true light. The light that we hear in John 1 cannot be overcome by darkness. It actually overcomes the darkness and pushes out the darkness. And the light becomes brighter and brighter. And God himself comes and dwells among the people. The light of the world. The gospel that comes and heals, pushes out darkness, and brings life. Darkness has no chance in this place. It's not even a, it's not really even a fight. It's that there was darkness and light comes in and darkness ha- has to run. It's this really incredible thing in our hearts where that what if we wanted to bring joy, great joy to a community, like gospel joy to a place that would change people, that they would be content, even in their suffering, they'd still be joyful. And so that comes with the light, with Jesus who overcomes those things, who died and rose, right? Defeating death and Satan that people have no, darkness has no power over. On that same sermon, MLK says this, Martin Luther King says this, love is the most durable power in the world. He's get, he gets some pushback. He actually shares a little bit in the sermon. He says, oh, come on. You're going to say, we just need to love people? He clarifies, love is the most durable power in the world. This creative force so beautifully exemplified in the life of our Christ is the most potent instrument available in mankind's quest for peace and security. I love that he uses it. It's durable and potent. He's actually talking about a word agape here that he sees in the passage that he's preaching on. He's saying this word agape, which is a sacrificial love, not like a make people feel nice and, and gooey and soft and cuddly. He's saying like a sacrificial love that changes hearts and changes lives, which is exemplified in the life of Christ. That's where the power comes from. 
This is the most potent instrument available to the quest for peace and security. And I'll just add a little quote for myself. Enjoy. Can I add joy into that? I don't want to like, I don't want to mess up his quote, but it is the most potent instrument available in mankind for peace and security and joy. This is the best picture of myself that I have, so I enjoy sharing it. So why is this important? Why was this important? So as we were thinking through, we, we want to see joy in our city. We want to see lives change, not just people happy. We want to see truth and grace come into people's lives. And so there'd be this new life. That'd be them, that, that the impure spirits would leave and the Holy Spirit would come in and they would have a joy in them. And Jesus even talks about this great love, this great power of this love. What does it look like to have a church that, that preaches that to ourselves and to our community to bring joy? But Jesus even says, this is not just a, a, a great idea. This is how people are going to know who you are. He says in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. I love that he says a new commandment. <laughs> like, hey, I know you weren't loving each other before. <laughs> Could you please start doing this? Love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. How, how do you want me to love? How, how are we supposed to love each other as a church, as a family? The way I've loved you, which is in truth and grace. I've come so you may have joy. I've come to give my life, to set down my preferences to the point of dying and suffering on a cross raising from the dead, moving towards you. All, the, all these things Jesus does is just being uh, the incarnation, the with us, the Emmanuel. He says, I want you to love people in that way. And, and this is, I love this. He says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. If you love in the way that I love, which is empowered by me, the gospel empowers us, the spirit comes in and changes us. You love each other in that way. People are going to know that you're with me. It makes sense, right? I have had this happen uh, many times in my life in, a, in a, a word I use or maybe a phrase I use or maybe even a hand gesture that I use and someone says, oh, you've been hanging out with them, right? Or I've, I've had that happen in years of doing youth ministry. I've had a parent text and say, I can tell my kid's been hanging out with you because they've been using this word a lot that you use. <laughs> like, right? And so Jesus is saying, hey, the way you're going to love each other, the way this church will love each other is going to point people to me, which is what we want, right? The one who actually pushes darkness out and brings joy to lives. And so this is why we started a church. Because we want to see great joy in our community, in our neighbors' lives, and in our lives come through hearing and seeing the work of the gospel in our lives. And we want to see a place where people loved each other like Jesus and that was so attractive to a hurting, darkened world around them. And so just a few years ago, uh, on January 8th, some of you in the room were here, we were commissioned um, out of our downtown location in Minneapolis as Hope Community Church Heights. A whole group of us, look at that group of people, looking good, came up in front and our church prayed for us. Uh, and said, hey, we, we want to see darkness pushed out and joy brought to the community of Columbia Heights and, and the neighborhoods and the lives of the people there. And so we got sent out as Hope Community Church. I sent this picture this week to Jordan. He's the one I left there, already, already mentioned in the service. 
And uh, I said, look at this. And he said, oh, how we didn't know what was coming <laughs> two years ago. I also noticed we were uh, less gray. We've already we've become a little grayer in the last few years. What a moment. People prayed that joy would come. And then just a few weeks after that, on January 20th, uh, 2020, we had our first service. Look at those people. Many of those people are here today or at least online with us or we'll listen to this later, <laughs> are still around. We had no clue. We started in a gym just right next door at Highland Elementary School. We got to set up the chairs every week. We got to set up the sound system every week. We got to push aside the volleyball nets or whatever was in the gym. We got to set up treats. That was when we were allowed to have treats in the, in the auditorium. How cool was that? You could just walk right over and grab treats and coffee. And we started worshiping together so that we could proclaim the gospel and we could see healing in the people in our community. And then we met for six weeks together. We set up chairs, we set up tables, we had treats, we uh, started loving the school. I, I remember there was weeks where uh, we were taking chairs down and we were making sure the building was empty. And uh, I found some of you wandering in the school and I was like, I don't know if we're allowed to just wander around. And you were praying. You're like, I just want to pray for the teachers while I'm here. We had this excitement and this vision. And then after six weeks, we decided we've met enough in a gym. There's a pandemic. And so we went online. We moved our services online thinking after a month or two, we'd be back together in the school. I learned how to uh, broadcast from my living room. That's Frank, my dog. He often sat at my feet. He worshiped with us many weeks and you didn't know it. <laughs> or at least slept. Like many of you during the service. Uh, and we um, did not realize how serious it was. And so for 54 weeks, we met online, but we still were a church. This, this is what's exciting about the gospel. It still happened. The gospel still got proclaimed. People's lives still got changed. You, we still were entering into people's lives. We're still loving each other. We saw people have to create new ways to care for one another. We saw people uh, learning how to use Zoom and new apps to talk and care and support one another. We saw small groups start. When we came out of the pandemic, uh, we were able to meet again. We actually had more small groups than when we started. New, new people getting into gospel community. We saw just new creative ways, people learning how to record worship on their decks. Um, so many faithful people jumping to serve. Even though we couldn't meet together on Sunday mornings, we still were the church, still able to bring joy to those around us, and especially within our own church. As we made music on porches and backyards, we started small groups on Zoom. We saw many of you asking to go for walks, offering to go for walks with one another. We saw people staying after our online service to hop on Zoom just to get to know each other. Had people start writing letters to each other during the pandemic, praying for one another. I had phone calls from people who just said, hey, is there anyone in our church I can be praying for? I'd like to spend the afternoon just praying for people at our church. Just all this great joy that came from people loving and caring for each other. So hymn sings being hosted. And after 54 weeks, uh, who's counting, but maybe exactly 54 weeks, we were able to meet. The school said, hey, we have this new auditorium that we just remodeled. It's beautiful. You guys should meet there. And so we get to start meeting here. It's just incredible, a gift. 
We never stopped loving each other. We were able to continue to meet, to sing, to proclaim, to see people meeting throughout the week, whether that's in small groups or women or men meeting in groups, families meeting for playdates, people hanging out after church to get to know their friends, learning what people look like behind a mask. <laughs> Saw a kids' church start and a worship team start and a hospitality team start. Many people being welcomed and cared for. It's been, it's been really exciting. And so in a couple weeks, we celebrate two years. It feels like a lot longer than that. Two whole years, and we're still here. Still doing the same thing. Still gathering to proclaim the good news. Still gathering to be let the Spirit work in us so we could care and love each other in a way that people would be pointed to Jesus. If you, uh, if you guys get the weekly update, if you don't, you can... Get that. I'd love to have you get that. Every uh, Wednesday, we send on just an update of what's going on, uh, sermon notes, all sorts of things. This is kind of the place every week to get connected. But if you, if you see that every week, we have the same little heading here. If you notice it on the bottom, it has the same phrase. It says, following Jesus together for great joy in our city. And how do we do that? We do that gospel in community that's on mission. This is really all we do. Anything we do here, we ask, does it do this? Are we going to be a people who follow Jesus together? We come together and follow him. It's about him. And are we doing that for great joy in our city? And what does it look like to do that? Well, it looks like we gather together in community. We remind each other of the gospel, and that community moves together towards others. Next week, we're going to talk more about that. What does it look like for us to move out to, to love each other well here, to encourage each other here, to kind of fill each other with the gospel, and then to move out together. This is what we wanted to do uh, two years ago, and I, I think we still are doing, and I don't, there's really nothing else to do. This is what we get to do. Wherever you go this week, you get to do this. You get to be filled with the Spirit, reminded of the gospel, the good news, and you get to proclaim that in what you do and what you say. And you get to bring great joy to those around you. It's really a joy to get to do this with all of you. I'm excited that we have a church that has been known for this, and I pray will continue to be known for this. A great joy that comes from knowing Jesus. Um, I wanted to bring up this week a person or two from our church. Say, hey, how have you seen this? How have you seen great joy? How have you seen um, our church family care for you? Or how have you had the opportunity to, to step into, as a church, doing this, making this work? Because this isn't uh, just one person doing this. There's just a couple people that sing, and then I talk, and then this is all, all family, right? And we're all participating. This. We're all mobilized to do this. And so I actually, a lot of people I wanted to ask so instead of bringing them up, I actually just asked them if they'd all send me a video. And so we put together, uh, it's like six minutes, seven minutes, of a bunch of people from Hope. I think there's 10 or 12 people. Uh, all you guys. And I just want you to hear how God's doing this and he's still doing it at our church. And so um, I give you a bunch of people from Hope um, and how God has been working in them and doing this, and I pray would continue doing this. Are you guys good in the back if I start this? Awesome.
serve on the worship team here at Hope Heights. I've been serving on the worship team since back in the early days when we first planted our location before COVID. And now post-COVID, I've also had the opportunity to sing on the worship team in our new location at the high school. Um, the reason why I joined the worship team is music has always been a huge part of my life all throughout my schooling um, and even in college. I loved to serve on the worship team both at my church at home and then um, when I came to school and I guess just singing has been something I've loved to do and um, I think something a gift that God has given me and I've always wanted to find ways that I could use that to glorify him and so it's a cool way to get to use that gift in our church um, and to be able to create an environment where people are able to praise and glorify God on Sunday mornings. Um, I've seen God really at work in a lot of ways through Hope Heights, not just through serving on the worship team, but also through our small group um, and the relationships that we've built with people there. And then on Sunday mornings and getting to know the other people that attend Hope Heights, um, I think I've seen God just be able to use those relationships um, to remind myself of who God is and how much he loves us and how faithful he is. But then also through serving on the worship team, um, I've seen God be able to um, remind me through singing on the worship team of ways that I can praise him and remembering that on Sunday mornings, it's not about sounding awesome or even about playing the best songs, but making sure that my heart's in the right place and that I'm worshiping God and praising him. And it's an awesome gift to be able to help the members of our congregation do that same thing. And so it's been cool to see God just working in my life and the lives of others here at Hope Heights. And so I hope to see you on Sunday morning and to meet you. And thanks for this opportunity. Bye. Why we joined a small group mm -hmm. is we've been in several, we've led several. And then for the past couple of years, we've been without a small group and missed it. Mm -hmm. And we missed the fellowship. We missed the contact. We be, missed being able to be with other people in the body and encourage each other directly and more intimately than we can in other ways. So. Yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to studying the Bible together and God's Word and uh, do a lot of studying on my own, but it's just so good to be with people that love Jesus, that want to study the Word. Yeah. I love that. Amen. We joined Small Group to live in community and to break out ugly Christmas sweaters. Uh, I joined Small Group because my neighbors are on a diet and they won't eat my cake anymore, so I have to find people to force feed. <laughs> And I joined small group because I love being around people and just getting that Christian community. And it's just been a great way to get to know good people from our church. Even. I've been in a lot of different Hope small groups over the years, some that I've led and some that I've participated in. And each time I start a new one or get started, it's hard. There's that, that moment of not knowing. Um, is this the group where I'm going to meet someone that's really a great connection? Um, or is this going to be a time where I meet people who are going to be in my life for a season? And I think both of those types of relationships have been really rich over the years. And um, the small group that we're in right now is one that we launched right at the start of COVID. So we met virtually for months and months and months before ever really getting to know each other in person. Um, it's been really sweet to see how the Lord has developed those relationships and um, fostered a real depth of community, even in the midst of it looking very different for a very long time um, in the ways that we've had to adapt um, and find different ways to connect with each other, I think has been a really sweet gift that I wasn't expecting, honestly, when we started um, so many months ago. I um, think that this season for a lot of people has been really isolating and it's been hard 
um, to feel like you can't connect with other people or don't have community. And I think because of our small group, that's really not been as true for us and for our family. Um, we've had people who are invested in our lives and know what's happening and care about those realities um, and are praying for us and encouraging, which is a really sweet thing. And I'm hopeful we're doing that for everybody else as well. Hi, I'm Tiffany, and I volunteer at Kids Church because I am training for Duplo Masters, which is the little-known spinoff from Lego Masters TV show. And I heard that there are Duplos in the Kids Church, so I thought, what a great opportunity to hone my skills. Um, but also, in all seriousness, I volunteer because I think it's just an easy way to serve the church. I really like working with kids, um, and I just have fun. So I think it's just a neat opportunity. And if you like kids, you should also volunteer. And if you don't like kids, you should volunteer. Or maybe not, but think about it. Kids aren't scary. They're fun. One of the highlights for us of being in a small group was our camping trip this summer to Gooseberry Falls, where we slept two nights in tents on the ground. Mm -hmm and um, just got to have awesome fellowship for an extended amount of time. A highlight, gosh, we have so many. Um, this one's gonna be a little bit of a throwback, but two summers ago, so um, we were meeting in person outdoors all summer long and everyone was really disappointed we couldn't go to the state fair or let's be real, maybe I was just disappointed we couldn't go to the state fair. So we threw a state fair themed small group party, which was super fun. Everything came on sticks and we had decorations and just really got to celebrate and connect with one another um, in a way that felt at least reminiscent of normal, um, which was really, really sweet. I I enjoy um, the time in the word and just talking about uh, God's word and, and how it applies uh, to this culture now, nowadays, you know? So um, I really enjoy it. I enjoy uh, just the age difference that you know we have different views on how we're you know coming through these things and, and talking through god's word um just with um you know from a, from different perspectives i also um enjoy our time in prayer it's always good to know that someone is uh praying for me and so i enjoy the times where we get together and and share our prayers and share our lives and and uh um yeah you have someone praying for you I, I do enjoy small group. I think over the years, what I've really learned is it's where God wants us to be because we're a family. And mm -hmm. um, highlights for me is just the large group is great. When the women get together, it's, it's really great just because we can share our hearts and um, watch God at work in people's lives. Isn't that sweet? I was really encouraged to hear from just a few people in our church what God's been doing. Uh, you may have heard the same words a lot, like the words like family and getting into God's word and praying and supporting. It sounded like there's a lot of fun happening. Even sleeping on the ground sounded fun, maybe? She <laughs> wasn't so sure about that. Um, and this week we're just focusing on our church. Uh, maybe you felt a little of the tension in, oh, that's great. Is it just here to like serve ourselves? No. We're excited to see that overflow, right? We get that, that gospel kind of fills us and we do that with one another and we serve here in our church, but we also get the opportunity to overflow that, right? And see that work itself out in our community, which we're excited next, next week to even share more what that would look like and what that does look like. But I want to encourage you now. I'm going to welcome our worship team back up. We're going to take some time to just sing 
in a minute here again, but I want to encourage you just to think about what that looks like for you. Maybe you're very new, like maybe today new to Hope Heights. We'd love for you to come and even just try it out. Dip the toe in a little bit. What does it look like to be a part of a family that loves Jesus in a way that points us to him? Maybe you're interested in uh, hopping in a small group. Maybe you're just in a small group. You have been for a long time. I want to encourage you. Uh, it's, it's worth it. And if you're not in it, maybe it's something you want to try out. We'd love for you just to try it, just to connect to some people here. Maybe you want to serve in our church on a hospitality team, the people helping welcome and, and give treats, or on our worship team, or maybe you feel called to help with our kids. We just want to encourage you that that's an opportunity, all of these things, every week, to just help each other proclaim the gospel to each other, to, to see the Holy Spirit come and work within us. And so Tiffany gets to hang out with kids, and she gets to proclaim that to those kids each week and remind them of that and see great joy in their lives. And we get to meet with our small group and remind each other of that and see great joy in each other's lives, even as we suffer and life is hard together. So I want to encourage you in that and also just in life together. Keep going out for coffee, keep grabbing lunch, keep texting and asking to pray. I know sometimes that text that's like, hey, I'm praying for you, feels like, does this matter? It matters. This week, our family got a bunch of texts of like, we're praying for you, and it meant a lot. And maybe didn't get a text back right away, but it meant a lot. Keep inviting those to join you in this. Uh, and, and even coming up practically, we had some hangouts coming out this year. Every month, we're hoping to have a women's and a men's opportunity just to hang out in a church way just to get together. Um, and also, anytime, you can hop on our app that has all that ways to message each other. If you're going to sledding, to tell someone you're going sledding. Uh, if you're going to do something fun, hey, I want to invite some friends from church. You can also hear about all these things coming up. But just want to encourage us to think, what is it going to look like in 2022 to be the church and continue really being the church? Uh, I think we've been doing that. Um, we like to respond to this good news of the gospel here. And so just a couple ways you can do that. As always, you can take communion. That's out in the hallways on both sides. There's um, communion. We're going we're gonna to stay here and sing and pray in the room here. Um, and so if you need prayer, there can be people in the back of the room available to pray for you. Um, and you can always give, too, as a response to the, to the gospel. Let me pray for us, and we're going to sing a little bit uh, before we head out. Lord, thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, that you've been doing a work here. That two years ago, actually a lot longer than that, people have been praying uh, for this church. Before we knew a name or a place or even who the people would be, uh, we've been praying that great joy would be brought to our community through your good news and through the, your people. And, and um, oh, it's humbling that we're here today and you're doing that. Um, and so I pray our church would be the people who would love you well, and out of that we would love each other like you've loved us. That your spirit would come into us that would heal us, that would push out things that are not you, that we'd be the kind of people who, who love well and that would cause others to see that love and to want to worship you. You're good, good, good to us. Thank you that you have made us free, that you, you've come and pushed darkness out, that the gospel is real and true and that we get to live in that. We pray these things in your good name and as we sing, Lord, we'd be singing to you and worshiping you. Amen.